This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Many good years, so, and he himself is tremendously big, and the focus of my has a tremendous adrocha in that area. Good afternoon. It's, uh, I felt a special hashkocha to be here, because I would go many times to Nativ, and I'd always, um, and I would always say a side benefit to come Yeshiva, besides the wonderful Bachem, is I can go to the Kaisel. Hashem told me, no, I'm not a side benefit. You want to come to the Kaisel? Make a trip to me. So, Akash moved in a TIV uh, meeting to here, and I have to go to the Kaisal Shem Shemayim, and not, and not as a fringe benefit. So, that's, that I feel my personal Ashkacha story. Amun um, is obviously a very big topic. I'm sure you've heard a lot of good things. I'm trying to deal with a certain Ekuda that I think is an important understanding of what Amuna is. We have a Pasik. At Kriyas Yamsov says Aimina Bashem Moshe Abdo. There is a Pasik that A, the Torah testifies they believed in Hashem and in Moshe. It's to be expected. You had all the Nisim, you had everything that happened, and it culminated in Kriyas Yamsov, which was an incredible nace. And of course, by Aimina Bashem Moshe Abdo, they believed. So, if you're looking for a Pasik, that Pasik should be the go-to Pasik. The Rambam says something that seems to contradict the Pasik. Um, based on a Pasik, he says, Klal Yisrael did not actually fully, entirely believe based on the Nisim Mitzrayim. Why? Because Nisim can be um, forged, you can, you, can, you can manipulate, you can massage, and it's never a definitive proof. And that's why it allows for doubt to creep in. When they heard, when Maimar Sinai, and they heard HaKadosh Baruch Hu saying, Moshe, Moshe, and we heard directly HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we knew that it was Emes, and we knew it was an Emunah that would never change. And he brings the Pasuk, They'll believe in you forever. So, how, how, how do we reconcile those Pesukim? And how do we understand it? I have another question, a very practical question. If I were doing a magic show, and someone said, do something extraordinary. So I say, well, my two best shows are as follows. One of them, people hear all sorts of voices calling out to them and, and saying, Yankel, come here. And the other one is, I split a scene into a dozen parts for a few dozen miles and walk through. Which, you know, th- which one would you rather choose? Hands down, 
it's a lot more dramatic to split the ocean. Maybe with climate change it won't be so dramatic. But when the oceans were still oceans, you could split it. Hearing voices? Hearing voices is not so difficult to engineer. I mean, it doesn't take a lot of, it doesn't take a lot of chicanery to do it. So if the, if the question, so what's the pshat? How exactly do we understand the metzias of what Ram is saying? Ram is trying to explain why they have to wait for that. And how do we understand the steer in the psukim? So the Rambam's point is actually pshat in the pasuk. He's saying this is vayamina um, So there was a moment of belief, and then the begam b'choyamina la'olam added the facet of eternal, of it being for an eternity. Good. But what exactly was it that changed? That's really the the the, um, the, the, the question. So I want to and I, 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 I want to introduce a certain concept and understand. Let's let's take something that we're, we're actually quite familiar with. We have something. Um, we have a power and an ability called recognition. When you meet somebody, you recognize them. Um, if you don't recognize them, the other person is either surprised or disappointed. Sometimes people have gotten much older and at first glance they don't recognize them, and then you recognize them. But recognizing people is very, very, um, is, is very intrinsic part of ourselves. God forbid people who have some sort of degenerative neurological condition, some sort of onset of dementia, Alzheimer's, one of the first signs is when, you look, when they look at you and have a blank look, just kind of not recognizing. We have today machines that do facial recognition. Are they really recognizing the face or not? So, if you think about it, machines are programmed. And the way they recognize a face is an objective counting of dots, lines, angles, you know, a whole bunch of things. And that's why when, when you want to try to distinguish between people and a computer, um, they, they have this drawing with a number or a letter that is extremely distorted. There's a distorted to a point where it doesn't fit the formula. So, for instance, if I say that, if, 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 if I tell the computer to recognize a zero as anything that is a circle with a, a, a razor, It'll measure it. It's not a perfect circle. It's not a zero. Okay. I can give it, I can tell it, I can program it for an ellipse. An ellipse is, is a formula. It's not a big problem. Okay. What about an ellipse that rests this way? Everyone's familiar. They've seen all these, you know, when they want to see if it's a human or not, and so on. Will it ever come to a point that machines do as well? I firmly believe not. And let me explain why. There is something we can call arithmetic, um, an arithmetic approach, where you look at something 
as fixed points, dots, formulas, adding up things. And that's any type of system like that. Math, algebra, um, science stuff, that a machine is much better than a human being, much quicker, and doesn't make mistakes and so on. There's another chush, just like the aesthetic sense. We, 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 we can't translate it into numbers, into lines, into formulas. Recognition, hakara, is something that is another chush of a person. It's a type of tool. So just like a person with the keenest sense of hearing can't see if he's blind, and a person with the keenest eyes can't taste if his taste buds are gone, it's a different sense. We have a certain sense that's mathematical, arithmetic, and we'll call that um, we'll, we'll call that cheshben, uh, uh, we'll call that you can, any, any word you want to use, logic, logic is a good term, and then we have something called intuition, an intuitive sense, and that's hakara. Now, these two senses complement each other. So let's take another example where we can see these two things. Business. A person does, has runs a large business, and he wants to know why things aren't going so well. He wants to know how he can make it better. So there's a fellow... I would like to say with a slide rule. Nobody here knows what a slide rule is today. This, we're, we're dating ourselves. Only people who have white hair or, or uh, um, no, a slide rule was what people used to do before computers. To, it, it, it was a, a very effective way of, of using exponents to, to, to multiply, to divide, whatever. And um, you, you take, you, you, you get the quant people, I think that's what they call them today, and they crunch the numbers and they tell you. 63.9% of your customers come from there, 24.2% are, are not returning, v'chulu v'chulu. And somebody can give you a really good statistical analysis. Improving your business greatly. Will these people become billionaires? The answer is no. And all the great people with all of the cheshbonos, they, they can get to a certain point. The really extraordinary business people say, no, it doesn't smell right. The numbers that are, the things that, I don't know, I don't like it. If they're wrong, they usually go bankrupt and they're out. If they're right, they tell the world what to do. That's usually the, the, the Matthias. And the reason is, there's another chush there that doesn't translate to logic, to arithmetic, or, or, or anything like it. Just like taste and sight complement, but don't... So if a person sees a piece of meat that looks good, and he smells it, and it smells awful, he stays away from it. But it looks perfect. Look at it. I don't know. Maybe it was painted. Maybe it's rotten inside. I don't know what it is, but it smells terribly. Um, or vice versa. Sometimes something smells good, but it looks awful. And we say, I don't know. I don't know what, I know what you did to it, but I'm staying away from it. So we have certain... We have complementary chushim. And in a very pneumistic way, 
logic and hakara are very different chushim, very different senses. They complement each other, and they're both necessary. That's those two areas. Logic, the mile of logic is that it does not err frequently. Logic is, if if it's against logic, we have a problem. It many times helps guide you in a direction. Intuition goes way further than logic, but it's open for error, for fantasy. Many people were sure they're making the deal of the century because every, every ounce, every cell in my body tells me that it's the right move. The cells were wrong, and it was the wrong move. So intuition goes further, it's less clear, less exact, and prone for mistake. Seichel is not prone for mistake, but it, 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 it's something that, that is very limited by its nature. The way computer phase like this will always be limited. It'll always be a game to, because people will discover how to program stuff until you get to points where you can't. So I, I know I have certain things that I do on, 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 on my, my bank account that I take off my phone, whatever it is. Some of it the computer has been guessing, and some of it is clueless. It, it, you know, it, it just doesn't guess because it doesn't make any sense. It can't translate to anything that he can think of. These two chushim are called, we'll call it seichel, and we'll call it hakara. Emuna is both of these working hand in hand. Logic, the mile of logic is it's straight, it's hard to error in logic, but it gets you up only to a certain point. Logic can tell me how nature works in this world. It can be infallible with that. Is there a world beyond our world? Is there something more? By definition, I can't put it into logic. I can only say, maybe. I can tell you what, in, in the laws of nature, I can tell you exactly what will work. 100%. But are the laws of nature the result of some other power? No way I can tell that. I don't know. So the world of Nisim is a world that says logic is only telling you part of the story. Um, There's something more. That's where it brought it to. But that there's something more doesn't say anything. And therefore, it's something I struggle with because no sense of mine is, is really, really latching on to it. Let's give a marshal. Imagine somebody, somebody, um, somebody presents a, a, a prospective shidduch. You will examine the resume, assuming that you trust every word is, 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 of the resume is true. And you say, here, here's the resume. I, I'm, I'm, am I, you know, I, I, I swear I, that this is 100% true. That's great. Now let me meet the person. You know, these are dry facts. Every single fact is wonderful, but I need to feel the person. In order for Hakara to come into play, you need to have Panim al Panim. You need to meet the person. 
The same way like you wouldn't hire a work on paper. Yes, if he's delivering stuff, fine. But somebody you want to work with, you need Hakara. And therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu made wonderful Nisim. And that finally broke and said, It can't be. But that can't stay because I'm not holding on to anything. When I click, Maimon Asin was Panim al Panim. We're not talking about proving HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Emuna means regarding it as a fact. It means treating it as a fact. If somebody presents me a, a resume of a person somewhere else, and everything checks out, looks good, and, says, and then someone tells me it's a fake, then, okay, I, I, at first I might be a little bit, uh, I might not believe it, but they'll convince me it's a fake, it's a fake. There was somebody set me up and had this person listed as a potential business partner, and it's all shaky because of, okay. But if I meet somebody, and then somebody tries to convince me he's a mirage, as long as I still feel I'm sane, he's going to have a hard time telling me that he's a mirage. The type of, uh, the type of interaction at Maimon Sinai was imminence, and not um, proof. Now, how do we... We, we can't go to Harsinai. Obviously. So, if Amuna is crippled without the second facet, so yes, Abusena was there, and, and they were there personally, even on us, but for us, it's still lacking that they mention. So, how do we fill it in? The answer is, there is a world of minutes. Tefillah is lifting Amalach. Torah is engaging and mitzvahs to some degree. When a person is doing what he's doing with the sense of HaKadosh Baruch Hu being there, then the person develops a personal kesha. Revolba writes in this, in all sure in the beginning about Tefillah, that as he davens, he finds his amuna becoming strengthened. At first glance, that seems absurd to us. We daven because we believe Hashem hears us, but we, but we don't learn to believe because we daven, especially if we didn't feel we were answered. The, what he means is this point that we're making: the sense of connection is only possible there, and without that sense of connection, no matter how quote unquote convinced you are, it's not going to work. Every person who comes to Amuna a person who is drawn closer to Yiddishkeit, arguments, reasons, stories, probabilities, do part of the job. It's a reason to be willing to try it. But until you don't actually do it, then you don't connect. So if we're to ask ourselves, what is um, the biggest strengthener of Emuna? The answer is when we incorporate both person understands why this is so real, what it is, with the types of different, different, every person, the things that speak to him, those are one column of it, because if not, like I'm saying too, if not, everybody staying on a street corner, especially old city, has something he wants to believe in without question. Just trust me and kneel before Jay and, and lose yourself and you'll see he's there for you. And 
the friendly imam down the road says, you know, I, I hear five times in the, in the day we hear who, who's, the right, who's the right one. Everyone demands that. But if I deploy seichel, they don't stand the chance. They're all coming from where we're coming, and they're clearly gone off um, by, their own, by their own count. Not talking about any objectives criteria. If, if the Torah says you can't change, you can't do this, you can't do that. If you, if you believe in coming Torah, I'm not arguing with, with I, I just explain it. So definitely, Seichel is a filter. We have to ask ourselves, why is this not just a fantasy or emotion? But once Seichel sets the parameters and says these are the reasons why this is what makes sense, it's still not real unless you actually live it. <coughs> I was once speaking to somebody a long time ago, 30, 40, 50 years ago. He was somebody in Israel, a scientist, a rocket scientist literally, who was totally chiloni in Haifa. In those days, Haifa had almost no firm presence. He had become a Balchuva through one of the movements, I don't want to call it, very al and kept everything in this and that, that. And at some point, he was able to move to Yerushalayim. And he moved to Malot Daphna. We had him over for Shabbos once, very nice person, very firm, like a, looked like a Batara. And he said, Havdelhu, over there, I knew it's true, but it wasn't real life. I, I was kind of believing in the man and the moon. I, I, you know, I felt I proved it. Here, it lives. There's learning, there's davening, there's mitzvahs, there's this. There's something about its imminence that makes it extremely um, tangible. And, and, and my connection becomes that connection. I, I want to sort of paraphrase a piece in the Kuzari that speaks about this. And, and, and it's an incredible piece of Kuzari. It's a piece well worth learning and hazarding. In the discussion, Kuzari is a discussion, it's a dialogue between the, the Melacha Kuzarim, who had had some nevuah that he's, he's a wonderful person, trying hard, but he's got it all wrong, to the Chavar, who is a Jew, and trying to explain to him why Yiddish got his emes. And he, he explains to him, he asks him about the differences between Shem Havaya and Shem Alekim. What's the difference? And he explains to him, Elokim means the force that runs the world. And he says, anyone with Seichel can come to that. We can, we, can, we can work it out through Seichel. And even Aristotle and the philosophers came to it through Seichel because they believed there has to be some primary cause and some great cause, and everyone with their own language. But the idea was an idea that fell into the world of Seichel, and he got there. But they stopped. And which the Kuzari explains, the, he, he says that, that God, and, and he, he says, so Elohim is the God of Aristotle. Avram started the process, like the Ramam says, with a Seichelic approach. Everything in the world has something that overrides it, everything has a cause. Everything has a different cause at different times. And the Raman way explains in, in the beginning of Hilfa Bodhazara. And he used Seichel and got up to the point of Elohim. And then Akadish Baruch appeared to him. The transition to Havaya. Havaya is not a lot. Elohim is a logical description. The force that powers everything else. The world 
is an energy, a place of energy. Energy has to come from someplace. Where does it come from? You can't answer any answer that's within the system. That's basically up to where it can take you. One Akadosh appeared to Avram and said, I'm here. That changed into Havaya. And the Kuzari quotes the king, and it's so powerful, so beautiful. The difference between Elokei Avram and Elokei Aristotle is infinite. For the God of Aristotle, you do not give your life. You do not make someone comfortable. If someone were to put a gun to my head and say, you must say that a triangle is 270 degrees. Whatever you say, pick your number. I have no problem. With it. It, you know, it's, it's fine. I, I, I don't need to, you know, no one gives their life for it. I wouldn't even give a comfort zone. If I get more mo- money being something else, I wouldn't. And if I enjoy something else, why, w- why would I? It, 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 and he says more. The God of Aristotle doesn't know what I'm doing. It doesn't care what I'm doing. It, it, it's, it's a dry, sacred construct. For the God of Avram, he's willing to give up his ben yachid. He's willing to give up his life and everything. Because that's as powerfully real and emis to me as anything else. So, and, and this is one of the things when I, when I, sometimes I'll, I'll talk with people and, and we'll, we'll have a discussion. Knowing that, so, do you believe in right and wrong? Everybody, every normal person believes, even an atheist, will, has strong values. Well, um, would, you know, how much would you sacrifice to, if, if, if somebody tried to get you to steal? Most decent people would, would not steal, even if it means losing a lot of money. Even if it means being put under pressure. Most people will. Why? Because I feel... There are a lot of things we feel. I, 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 you know, I like this color, not that color. So what? I'll, I'm not going to suffer great discomfort or distress. There's something powerfully real of, of that. The God of Avram is... A whole, it's not an idea. It's imminent. So, the point we're trying to make is, and try to give the picture, is what we call emuna is built on at least two pillars. Two major pillars. One is seichel, one is hakara. I'm, I'm giving the word hakara in recognition that sense that we're talking about. Seichel is about a thing. Its advantages, I can start from point zero and work my way up. Its advantages, it, it, it tends to be true. In other words, as long as it's within my limits, as long as I make statements that's built on the, on the axioms that I put down, and the axioms are true, and the process is, is, is correct, it'll be 100% correct. But it can only take you as far as logic goes, as far as human. What about something beyond logic? What about the creative logic? There's nothing we can, we can do about it. In math, when you look at in physics, and when you, when you get to something where there's like infinity comes as an answer, we say, no, we, we, something's wrong, something's off over here. We, we need another constant to make sure we don't get to infinity, because it's absurd. It can't be that. So Seichel has its mila, it's a good starting point, and it's a check. The emis that transcends Seichel, Akadosh Baruch Hu, we also have a chush that gives us something similar to Hakara. 
which is personal recognition, imminence. And that's why we sometimes meet somebody and everything that's great time seems to be, no, but I know you. You're not a stranger. There was somebody once many years ago, I remember, he, he got himself a, a, a passport with a different name. And he went down to the Misara Pnim, whatever he felt he'd get the Mohatavot, I don't know, whatever, whatever shtickle he wanted to do. And then I looked at him and he said, Makirotcha. Oh, the Tamashashi Barat. And the poor guy who went through his files, there was no computer, there were files. He obviously, his name wasn't there because it was a different name. But the guy said, I swear I know you. He'd seen him maybe once or twice, but there was that. The world of Torah and mitzvahs, davening, builds Hakara. And that's why. Um, this kufa that you are in yeshiva is your strongest and closest encounter with HaKadosh Baruch Hu on a personal level. The HaKara that you'll have learning logical points is important. I assume this is what this day is dedicated for. And that's, it's, it's, it's a very important piece because you need to be able to understand it logically, understand how it fits in. But the real question if a person stays Dovok and Kasher Termuna has to do with Hakara. How much the person really has this imminent sense of connection. Your personal connection with your understanding what it's about, that's the Koach of Amunah. So, it's, it's, it's an amazing program that you're able to, to be Mishalev, to, to integrate in your year a day of thinking about these topics and hearing things. I'm sure you've heard many, many good things. But understand that this together with, with your tkufa of total immersion ruchnius is what builds an amuna of the gambe chayamina loila. A lot of atzvah.